This podcast is brought to you by Dr. James McIntyre and his team at Adjust Your Health in North Calgary. When I met Dr. James almost 20 years ago, I was taking 10 to 12 Advil every day just to get through my workday, not to mention the stuff I was doing at night like alcohol and other substances. I suffered from chronic pain due to car accidents, sports injury, and repetitive motion damage from being a drywaller. I had worked in the trades for nearly 20 years and had more than 10 car accidents, three very serious ones. I had some severe sports-related injuries. Most of my cryo SI would only give me temporary relief from day-to-day pain. It was getting expensive and depressing to see the other doctors knowing that I would be right back into the same boat the next morning. I was lucky that the last chiropractor I saw said that she cannot help me anymore and directed me to Dr. James McIntyre. After only a few visits, I felt tremendously better. Most of my pain had left, my mobility was coming back, and I didn't need as much Advil. If I remember right, it was only a few months and I was almost completely off the pills and life was getting better. I have known Dr. James and his crew for almost 18 years and referred almost everyone I know to him and they have become Adjust Your Health advocates. The team at Adjust Your Health offers a wide array of services including acupuncture, massage therapy, chiropractic, and physiotherapy. They believe in a multidisciplinary approach to patients' care and use a variety of techniques to help their patients achieve their goals of pain relief or injury resolution to improve sports performance. Calgary is privileged to have such a highly qualified team of practitioners available to accommodate your health and well-being needs. If you are in pain or an athlete or just want to be as healthy as possible, check them out at www.ayhcalgary.com. Our next sponsor is Paul Nye from Nye's Touch and Nye's Tats. There's some debate over who invented the first motorbike. Several men claim to have the first designer patent. Regardless who it was, my guess is that the very next year, some dude started customizing his newly invented contraption. Throughout history, men and women have been altering their transportation to move faster, turn sharper, or turn ahead or two. If you are customizing your ride to be low and slow, shiny and fast, loud and obnoxious, You have not completed the project until you have your custom paint job done. Paul Nye at Nye's Touch is your guy for custom paint on bikes, boats, cars, buses, or anything else you ride. You want a bike that looks like no one else? Nice Touch. You want to honor a fallen friend with the hood of your car? Nice Touch. You want a mural of your favorite girl on the side of a bus? You guessed it. Nice Touch. Paul has been airbrushing for more than 15 years and his work will take your breath away. Check out his work on Instagram at Dripping Chrome or on Facebook at Nice Touch or call him at 587-435-4602 for your free estimate. Don't forget, Paul will be in a tattoo studio near me soon. And now, on with the show. No. Podcast. With Chad Ferguson. Hey everybody, this is Chad and the I Wanna Know Podcast, a kick-ass podcast. Um, this podcast is a little different. It's uh, an online blogger. Um, 
I'm going to work really hard not to say your name. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just learned her name today. The The blog is called Sex in the YYC, and it's her real-life experiences of uh, sexual activity, I guess, of, yeah. of relationships that you have. Um, she doesn't want to be seen on camera, and we're not going to use her real name, so I'll make up a name. I'm going to call you Karen. Does okay, that work? perfect. I'm going to write that down so I don't forget. <laughs> Uh, we've obviously never done one of these before, so um, everyone bear with me. You're going to be looking at me for the whole time. So uh, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I guess, guys. <laughs> I, guess, yeah, I guess deal. Um, so, yeah, where did uh, where did the blog start? Let's start with that. Sure. Um, for me, the blog started um, in the notes section of my iPhone, um, and it was something that I was just writing for myself. Okay. Um, I was writing about what I was going through at the time um, as I was going through it. And eventually I had pages and pages and pages of notes. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to put this out into the universe and see what happens. And and part of it was, you know, it was journaling for me. It was to help me healing as I was going through, um, you know, a split up. Um, and I liked, you know, having that, outlet I guess to to get out all my feelings and and then when I started publishing it I started hearing from other people and getting a bit of a response so um, it encouraged me to keep going with it so so is it more the writing that uh, encourages you or the relationships that you're developing um, it started for sure as the writing, absolutely. Cool. Um, the writing was kind of the healing process for me. Um, and then it evolved into something more. Um, people online, you know, on Instagram, uh, through my website would reach out and they would share their stories with me. Yeah. And, or they would say, you know, I, I've been through this too and you're doing a great job. Keep going. You know, there was... Uh, Mostly encouragement, of course. There was a couple naysayers in there too, and you always kind of take that risk. But. Well, we sort of talked about before we started that you understand there'd be some judgment of of your actions, your blog, your writing, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. I guess to give a little background, uh, my blog starts with uh, me telling about an affair that I had on uh, my marriage. Uh, so, um, and all the feelings and, and the ups and downs. Um, being involved in an affair and uh it was my first and and only yeah. <laughs> um so um yeah it was you know I knew that there was going to be some people out there who would judge yeah. and um I was prepared for that and and surprisingly there haven't been too many people who have reached <laughs> out I mean I'm sure there have been some people who have blocked me on Instagram but that's okay <laughs> <laughs> that's the freedom of uh, social media is that you're going to have people give their opinions whether you like it or exactly. not and which we got to be okay with if you're going to put it out to the public you have to understand what the public yeah. is going to say so what the so the beginning the the split up the breakup you said you had an affair mm -hmm. what led to the affair um I think it's your standard, I, I don't want to say it like that, like nonchalant, but I guess it's your standard uh, relationship uh, goes stale. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff with life going on. Uh, I never felt like in my relationship that I was a priority. Um, and then I had this opportunity, I guess, um, to get that from somewhere else. And yeah. it really... It was life-changing, obviously. Um, my life has changed significantly yeah. from that experience. So um, 
you know, some of it good, some of it bad. I, I know with, uh, I've never been through a divorce. I have no desire to be in a <laughs> divorce or to, to redate or anything like that. I've talked about that lots on the podcast. Um, uh, my previous co-host had want, gone through a, a really bad breakup and some of our guests have gone through bad breakups as well or divorces. And, um, you know, I think being uh, cheated on or either way. So we've had people talk about this in the past. And to me, the keeping it together is the most important thing. So like you said, you didn't feel important in the relationship. So what mm-hmm. would you say to people to make sure that, you know, women don't go down this path? Like it's, yeah, you're obviously losing somebody that you love. So yes. in a divorce, no matter who's right, who's wrong, mm-hmm. whatever the situation is, there's still a loss. Oh, absolutely. And I'm still in counseling and he's still in counseling mm-hmm. and we still actually attend counseling together as part of our, uh, co-parenting mm-hmm. arrangement, um, which is healthy. And, uh, you know, part of the thing for me is that I had to realize that I wasn't saying what I needed in the right way for him to hear me. Yeah. Um, but I felt like I was saying it over and over and screaming it almost <laughs> at the top of my lungs and I wasn't being listened to or heard or acknowledged. Um, and then just so much time passed where neither of us were really putting in the work. Yeah. And I don't know if anybody's ever experienced this, but it's like a mental checkout. And, um, you know... I think that he's a wonderful person and um, a good parent. And I just don't know if I can get that romantic feeling back. Yeah. Um, and who knows what will happen. Maybe someday it'll come back once I've kind of gone through all this. And, and I'm bearing my cross of the affair and everything like that. So, yeah. um, I mean. What would you tell women that, that felt the way you felt? Because, I mean. The end goal can't be divorce. No. Right? No. It's never, I, I don't think that's top of the list. Like, oh, I'm going to have two or three marriages, right? Yeah. Like that's yeah, not, no yeah. one, no one, no. or very few people I would imagine would stand up at 20 or 25 and say that's what they want to do. Absolutely. Uh, so I think uh, starting the counseling process of <laughs> earlier yeah. um, to figure out the, the um, I guess, the disconnect on the communication level. Um, because like I said, I, I thought I was shouting it from the rooftops and not being heard. Yeah. So then it, it estranged me even further. Right. Um, because I was, you know, I, in my opinion, I was saying what I needed and I wasn't being acknowledged. And, and that is, you know, I didn't, I didn't feel loved. I didn't feel wanted. I didn't feel desired. Yeah. And then I had somebody who was giving me all that. Yeah. And it was, it was uh, a rush. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. The uh, I've I've been out with my friends and had someone hit on me, and it it, it makes you feel really really good when mm-hmm. someone other than your spouse says something. But um, for me, it was I, I drew a line in the sand. Like I actually laughed, which probably wasn't very <laughs> um, uh, helpful or mm-hmm. healing for the the other person in the party there. But uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, it's difficult when you want to feel a certain way and you're not getting it. How do you, how do you get it? Absolutely. And, and then when it started, it was, you know, I want to say it was innocent. I don't know if it, you know, really was innocent, but when it started, it was, um, neither of us were looking to change our home scenario at all. We were, um, just trying to, basically have a sexual, purely sexual relationship and, um, you know, kind of on a, 
<laughs> as needed basis yeah. and and kind of fill those boxes that weren't getting filled at home and for both of us and um going back to home life as normal yeah if I remember, I've only read a few of the stories inside mm-hmm. there, um, but you had originally started with you and your husband talking about um, either swinging or partnering up with other groups and or mm-hmm. other people. And so is that where the affair started? Well, I guess that's where uh, the idea started, for sure. Um, we had discussed, you know, spicing things up a little bit by... Um, getting together with, uh, another couple. And, um, basically we had that all arranged and on the day that it was supposed to happen, he, my husband, he decided he couldn't go through with it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the story that I read and yeah. you ended up going and I still couple. went yeah. and I was absolutely terrified. This couple was uh, complete strangers to me. Um, and I didn't have the safety net of having him with me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I just, I remember pulling up to their home and I was just terrified. And I was like, what the heck am I doing? <laughs> you know? And, but it was so much fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and then, um, you know, I came home after and I told him about it and he was very interested to hear all about it. And it kind of spurred on some of our sexual behavior for the next little while in terms of we would talk about it and, and get turned on by it and stuff. But well, now you're being heard too, right? Mm-hmm. You're telling a story that's really being listened to. Oh yes. So yeah. that's got to be even feeding um, what you thought were the problems at home. Yeah, the, the things that were missing. Yeah, I yeah. was being heard for sure. Um, and then somehow it evolved, and I can't really pinpoint exactly how that happened, but he knew that there was something lacking, right, mm-hmm. in our relationship too. We're, you know, not stupid in that way, but um, he would say to me things like, I know you need more. I know you're missing something. So I want you to go find it. So when I went to go find it, so to speak, um, I, I didn't think that it was going to be a secret from him. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there was, there was a definite turning point where I was like, I need to keep this a secret. And, um, that that was a very difficult decision for me to make and obviously I can't go back and take it away. But, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was decided that I had to keep it a secret. And, and there was a couple times that I kind of tried to bring it up and, and make it known and, you know, clear my conscience and get permission, I guess it was what I was hoping for. Um, but I, I never quite got there. I remember listening to, uh, it was a radio show, I was going to say podcast, with Dr. Laura Schlesinger. Um, and she talked about infidelity. She talked about honesty. And, and I was shocked to hear her say that if you have an affair, the only reason you're telling the other person mm-hmm. is to clear your own conscience. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a release for yourself. That yeah. There is zero benefit in telling the other person. And I've I've struggled with that, the... So the other thing that I uh, that I read book right behind you there is Dr. Jordan Peterson and and one of the rules of life is that uh, um, always tell the truth 
or at the very least don't lie. Yeah. And so to um, he talks about when you lie or when you keep a secret, you know you're a liar. Yeah. And so you treat yourself as a liar. So it's yeah. like this compounding effect of um, and I can imagine the the guilt that you felt and like how do I resolve this and as it goes longer and longer and longer that it's just that much harder because like if I tell them what I tell them that's been six uh-huh. months or yeah. what I tell them oh we just happened yeah. right you, it's hard to come fully clean without suffering massive consequences I absolutely agree um, I think there's there's two schools of thought for me and and Trust me, I've, you know, been on the pendulum of this Mm -hmm. decision, you know, for a while. But for me, it is not only clearing my conscience. Part of it is, can I realistically build a foundation with a brick missing? Because I feel like if I wasn't clear about that, there would be a brick missing in the foundation of that relationship. And um, so will I... Will he notice the brick is missing? I don't know. But <laughs> right. I'll know that that brick is missing. That's it. That's and, the problem. And and does that put it on shaky ground? I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I guess I can, uh, you know, part of the reason why I'm a, a faceless account is, A, I don't want my family to be, you know, drawn into all this. You said you had kids. And I do. obviously you have a yeah. mom and dad or sisters and brothers, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, but part of the, <laughs> the other part of the reason is that he doesn't know. I've never told him. About the blog. About the blog. Or he knows about the affair, obviously. He does not know about the affair. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. So what led to the the separation or the divorce then? Oh, so I just needed more. And, uh, um, I kind of explain it more in uh, a couple of my entries online, uh, but it got to a point where um, I couldn't even, I, I couldn't have my husband touch me anymore. Mm-hmm. It would evoke all sorts of um, feelings in me, and um, it, there was just such a disconnect. And I think that was after a period of time. So at this point, the affair had been almost going on for, you know, a year and a half and, and pretty intensely over that time. Um, and there had been feelings that developed there. Um, and so he must have known or felt something was going on. I think so. Yeah. Um, and And he never, he never asked you? He never asked me. Um, and it's better not to know. I know. And, and (laughs) there's, you know, I, I do another entry too about one Christmas past where I left the home and said I was going to meet up with this person. Like, so my husband knew that I had started looking because yeah. we were looking together. Well, he knew about your first episode with the other couple. He knew about that. Yeah. yeah. And then w- after I had met my affair partner for the first time and, um, I, I just wanted to meet him and see if it would be something that I could even do. And as soon as I met him, I knew it was something that I, <laughs> that I could definitely do. Um, and, and at that point I made the decision to meet up with him and like solo and not say anything about it. Yeah. And then it just kind of <clears throat> kept going from there. Um, but there was a couple times where I said, you know, my husband would say, are you still talking to this person? And I was, yes, I am. Do you send them pictures? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. What do you send them? Show me. And then it would kind of entice our own sex life at home. Yeah. Um, 
but there was one night in particular where I said I was going to meet up with him and I was going to do it. And, um, I guess the first time that that happened where I, you know, I was just trying to like get some sort of feedback from my husband in terms of how are you actually going to react to this? Um, and so I left and I came back and, and, uh, my husband cried Hmm. and, uh, he was quite upset. And at that point I was like, oh boy, yeah, I don't know if this is going to (laughs) work. Yeah. And, and I know it's probably the, cliche selfish thing that every cheater says because I'm in that category now mm-hmm. never thought I would be but um I didn't want to hurt him yeah I, I would imagine like as I was saying before you, you obviously married him because you loved him mm-hmm. you know you had kids with him you had a plan mm-hmm. uh, I would assume most people have a plan where they're gonna go and and it's never divorce mm-hmm. you know it's it's you know I can imagine, I don't know what percentage, I looked a little bit into um, uh, swingers and, and stuff like that, and it, I don't know that they can get good statistics on that, on how many families do that, or mm-hmm. how open that, I'm, I'm sure in that, that community they're very open, but how that gets outside and the statistic is put together would be, I don't know, sketchy at best, I would say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that how many families are planning on bringing in others, uh, you know, polygamy, whether it's extra wives or husbands or, mm-hmm. or couples. So um, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just something that people don't necessarily, you know, talk about, about. at a table with all their friends and family. Yeah. Right? <laughs> were, were you promiscuous before your marriage? Uh No. No, I mean, maybe there was like the old after college phase of being single, but no, like overall not. How old were you when you met your husband? Uh, I was 20, no, I was 31. 31. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. You were in the same category. I didn't meet my yeah, wife yeah. until I was 30 something. I, yeah. I dated prior to that and um, just never found the right one. Yeah. So you would think at like 30 years old, you're like, you got a pretty good handle on where things are going to go. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And it just wasn't the case. So what, what do you think, I mean, other than your relationship with your husband that led you to want to have these, these, uh, these sexual relations that you're having now? Um, well, I mean... I guess the sexual relations that I'm having now isn't super crazy. <laughs> um, so uh, I am honestly, uh, I, I've always described myself as hypersexual, if that makes sense. Um, I enjoy, um, I guess, I'm not going to give a list here of what I enjoy, <laughs> but I enjoy being sexual. Um, so um you know, the sex positive thing is really important to me. I think that people should be more open about it and, um, you know, do the things that you want to do for fun. Yeah. As long as everybody's safe and and happy and (laughs) consent and all that. Exactly. Yeah. Do you think that you'll end up getting married again or having a long-term relationship again, or you like where you are now? Um, well, I'm looking for that connection. For me, it's always been the connection. Yeah. Um, sex to me is tied to that connection. Okay. Um, so I think that sex is only rewarding for me when there is that connection. Like you can, you know, have a one night stand or whatever, but it's not fulfilling. Um, to me, what's fulfilling is the everything else that goes with it. Yeah. Um, which is what started happening with the affair partner over time um, to the point where, you know, we were 
talking about life and and in-depth things and and we had more of that connection on top of having this like ridiculous sexual chemistry Mm -hmm. it was it was uh it was the connection that made it so special so for me I am looking for um a relationship a long-term one um but with somebody who would be open to um adding people to our, our mm-hmm. fold or, you know, uh, I, I wouldn't describe myself as uh, polyamorous. Um, but definitely like I would be open to, uh, being with somebody who would allow me to go out and, and have those experiences because we knew we would end up, you know, sleeping mm-hmm. together in our bed that night to get, you know, yeah. as a couple. Uh, that was the one set that I did read about where it was saying the um, polyamorous marriages or relationships very rarely work. That mm-hmm. there's a super, super small percentage of them where mm-hmm. there's not a jealousy problem or an anger problem or, you know, one person's getting more attention than the other yeah. person or something like that. Like it's a difficult relationship to be in, I would imagine. Yeah. And that's why I, I wouldn't say I necessarily would fit into that category um, per se, but I, I, but because I like the connection, I'd like a regular person to mm. be the extra, but I don't want them living in my house. That's for darn sure. <laughs> yeah. If that makes sense. Well, uh, <clears throat> sort of <laughs> <laughs> trying to piece it together. Is, uh, I, I was quite promiscuous when I was younger. And then when I decided to get married, I decided that that was the one and only I got to sneeze. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. That's a bad thing to do on the radio or on the <laughs> podcast. Um, that, uh, you know, there's challenges inside relationships when you when you do make that decision. And I because I had kids, I wanted to last as long as I can. And like I said, I think everyone is going down that road. And mm-hmm. you're trying to build something long-term or great. Yeah, only your hand. Okay, good. <laughs> I, I, I had a check to make sure I didn't lie to you. I appreciate I it. <laughs> um, yeah, and, I, and, and as a married man, you do run into those where it's not, as exciting as it used to be. And then you talk and you can work through those problems. But it sounded like, and I don't want to blame your husband, but it sounds like he was maybe unsure what he needed to do in the relationship. Oh, for sure. And, you know, I'm not saying this is all on him either. Um, But definitely, you know, he was dealing with a whole host of his own stuff that was happening with work and, and life. And, and, um, you know, I just was over there feeling like second place. Yeah. And, um, that's what I was going to talk about because that's quite often in relationships that people do. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I talk, um, to men in, in my community and my friends and stuff like that. And I almost think like we probably should take second place, not, (laughs) Not every day and all the time, but our family should come first, yes, right? And yeah. and I don't know from a woman's side what they should feel or think or do. I just know from a man's side that, you know what, my wife should come first, my kids should come first, and then I should come second or, or maybe even third. I, I think sometimes a dog gets um, <laughs> a little bit more than I do, but that's just on my whiny days. Um, that uh, if people had that mentality going into a relationship that I'm always going to be second or I'm always going to be bottom of the list. And I think as you become a parent, you come further down that list, yeah. right? Like kids are, um, they don't have to be, but they should be 
at the top of the list yeah, is my thought. Yeah. And it, it, you seem like a very, very nice lady. Um, you got pictures of your kids on your phone and, and you seem very, very sweet. So I'm assuming that it's, you know, you're not a devious person. You're not a hurtful person. No. That, that wasn't anything you were trying to do. No, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I sometimes describe myself as uh the horniest PTA mom you've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny. Maybe that's what it is, a lack of it. Well, no, because I don't even necessarily buy I was going to say it's a lack of like, you know, people that restrict themselves for religion or, mm-hmm. you know, for whatever reason, shyness. And then all of a sudden they come out of that shyness, they want more. Mm-hmm. So does that seem to ring true to you? For sure. And I think that, um, you know, especially for women, that the older we get, the more confident we are, right? Yeah. Where you hit a certain age and you're like, you know what? Now I know what I want. I'm sick of, you know, being that girl who just concedes to men and here's what they want to do. Just I need to make my man happy. I'm like, no. Nope. I'm going to take what I want <laughs> and I'm going to do what I want to make me happy and satisfied. Um, so it's, I don't know, it's maybe I hit a certain age and I was like, you know what? I'm like, it's like an awakening almost. Like I want to okay. do these things and experience these things and, and, you know, do the, what makes me happy. Yeah, I get that. Um, so you're obviously a professional, I think. You, do you want to talk about your job or do you want to tell people what you do? Well, what industry you're in? <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh, I, I do legal work. Okay. Um, I, you know, I'm professionally employed um, full time. Uh, I'm very involved in my kids' school. Yeah. Um, PT so, mom. Yeah, PTA exactly. Mom. Yeah. Um, so I'm quite like an active member of my community. Um, so I, I, one thing I say in the blog sometimes is look around because I might be right beside <laughs> you, you know, um, and, and, I'm I'm just telling my story, but I'm not unusual. I think there's more of me's out there than you would think, yeah. um, just based on the people who who reach out to me through the blog or the website or or the uh, Instagram account. Um, there's a ton of people, and I'm not just I'm not some deviant. Um, you wouldn't think anything different of me if you saw me walking down the street. Yeah, um, and I, you know. There's some people, of course, online who have the the wrong idea of what I'm trying to do and think, you know, I'm out trying to, you're, you're you know, <laughs> easy as it were. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and that's that's not the point, and and that's not who I am either. And I don't, you know, I'm not out there sleeping around and you know, putting myself in any sort of danger. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just a normal person. <laughs> Overall, I think I'm just a normal person. Well, I think it's quite possible to be, you know, I, I, I because I'm goal orientated, I, I like people that are goal orientated. So like I said, we had a baseball guy on the other day and we talked very little about baseball and a whole bunch about like coaching and goals and, mm-hmm. and how do you set them? Because that's where my mindset is, is most of the time, right? Like mm-hmm. even the company that I manage, I'm trying to get my guys to set personal goals inside the company. And, 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 uh, so you can have great people that have something that's different, right? Like yeah. you look at an MMA fighter punches people in the face for a living, right? Mm-hmm. That would seem odd to a lot, a lot of people that that someone would choose a career in fighting or even a hobby. Like how many people go to kickboxing and yeah. boxing and jiu-jitsu? And you just have, I want to say like a sexual hobby. Yeah, yeah, I is, guess it, so. Is that a good description? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I am, I'm, 
I, I guess just to set the record straight on that, I, I have gone on a couple of dates since b- being single. Um, but How long m- have you been single? Not long. Okay. This is all fresh. <laughs> um, so uh, I split up from my husband in August. And the affair partner, the last time I saw him was in September. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm clean now. <laughs> do, you, <laughs> do you use dating sites? I, you know what? I, uh, I got myself a Hinge profile. I don't even know what Hinge is. Uh, either do I. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I got like three quarters of the way through setting up a profile and I could not do it. I was like, this is ridiculous. You don't want to um, just be swipe right? Yeah, <laughs> like, oh. Was it, it left? I don't know. It, I don't even know either. <laughs> but it was a frustrating process to try to set that up. And I, I know that I'm I'm not ready yeah. to to be dating people yeah. um but i have i have met a couple of interesting people like through instagram which is apparently also a thing these days news to me i, I know. haven't got any offers <laughs> <laughs> so um i actually do want to talk about one of them uh one of them uh is a fellow by the name of jack and he reached out to me quite early on um and he has never once asked me out First of all, he's never once tried to um, suggest anything untowards. Yeah. Uh, But he did have a ton of advice for me. And uh, one of the things that really stuck out to me is that he said, at some point, you are going to have to decide how you want this blog to end. And I was like, what do you mean I want it to end? I was thinking about that, too, Mm -hmm. because, I mean... That was sort of my question earlier is that are you doing the experiences so you have material for the <laughs> blog or are yeah. you doing the blog just to help? So that's exactly what he said is he said, you know, I just, I don't want to see you put yourself in situations where where you're doing something that you wouldn't necessarily do or don't fully want to do yeah. just to have material. Um, and I, I thought that was really interesting. So... I've juggled a little bit with whether I want to start adding fiction in or having people submit to me to be posted. Um, but so what I've done is uh, I've done a couple of uh, flashback posts are my most recent ones. And I did, uh, you know, I did have a date with somebody else from Instagram um, that went I mean, it went pretty well. I'm still waiting for date two, so we'll see if it happens. Um, But, you know, I kind of posted a little bit about that. And um, then everybody was like, oh, you know, what's happening with that? What's happening with that? And I was like, you know what? It's too premature to write about that. And and I don't want anybody else to, you know, not want to go on a date with me for fear I'm going to write about it. I probably will. So the people that you have gone on a date with know you have this blog. Yes. Which is also a weird starting ground for... I would say. A date, right? (laughs) I'm like, well, you know a lot about me, so how about you tell me about you? (laughs) (laughs) No kidding, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah, so what what does the end... Because if I was to choose something, I always Mm -hmm. choose what I think is best. So I would choose for you to find a healthy relationship that worked well and was good for you and good for the other person Mm -hmm. and good for your kids. And um, like Jordan Peterson, it has to be good for you and your family and the Mm -hmm. community and the world around you. Yeah, I would definitely choose that ending too. Yeah. Um, I think there'll probably be, you know, a couple of fun things that happen in the interim and... 
Uh, yeah, I'm, that's that's the ending I want. Do you ever think this will end up being in a book? I don't know. So the, one of the other things that um, my friend Jack uh, taught me about was um, a woman uh, who was an erotica writer um, by the name of Anna Yeznin. Mm. And um, she uh, <clears throat> she published diaries of hers um, and... She was, you know, well before her time. I think she was born in like early 1900s. So early 1900s. I know. Wow. I know. And she was quite, you know, a tramp for those days. <laughs> um, That's an old word. That probably fits the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it. I have just been loving reading those and I think that that's amazing. And, and some of the things she says too, is that this, she says, this diary is my opium. Yeah. This diary is like my drug. Yeah. Um, so do I you feel that way. I when do. You're, yeah. yeah, I do. I, I absolutely love writing it and, um, I don't know how it ends. I, I guess we'll just have to wait and see, but yeah. it's quite an interesting thing. Like an, an erotic, right. Um, like writing erotica is, um, is, uh, underappreciated art form, I guess. I, I would like, you're a very good writer. I think I said that the first time yeah. I messaged you online. So I, you know, I don't know how we ended up, I think we've got some mutual friends or something. And so I'm always looking for guests and I was like, Oh, this could be interesting. I read your blog. I'm like, Holy Dinah. Like this is, um, <laughs> it, it's really, really well written. It's very descriptive. And if you're living it, obviously it's easier to do that than, mm-hmm. well, maybe not. Some people make up <laughs> some great, stuff. Yeah, yeah. great stuff that, uh, I was wondering if that was, your passion and even though it says you know these are all real life experiences Mm -hmm. i was i was just super curious like i didn't know whether that was true or not because Mm -hmm. it it could all be fiction because it works right yeah if you're trying to build a writing career or whatever you're trying to do that that that's the way you would do it well and it's funny because i you know i pay for my website I don't have uh, ads on there. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm i not making money from this. It's literally was something that I started to heal myself and to let it out because yeah. it's such a secret. It's a dirty little secret. And maybe that was my way of kind of getting it off my chest and, and trying to heal. And what, Why do you think it is the dirty little secret? Because it's not like it's a secret that women have sex. Mm-hmm. And... I, I don't know. Like, it, it again, if I can choose for anybody, it'd be like, you find a perfect relationship and you live out your life in a good relationship. Mm-hmm. Not the perfect relationship, but you find a great... That, that's what I would hope for everybody. That's mm-hmm. what I would want for my friends, my family, my community. I think that's the best basis. But why is it such a, a dirty secret? Uh, a lot of that stuff is still taboo, right? Um, and I definitely wouldn't say that I'm into things that are like over the line taboo. I think what's you know, over the line taboo. <laughs> I don't know. Like, so, you know, I don't know, I guess, you know, I, I'm not into any BDSM, like BDSM, well, like, you know, <laughs> so you, you like whips dumbest, and chains, whips oh, and chains. Oh, okay. Like I'm not into any of that, you yeah. know, bondage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but great if you are that's fantastic if that's something you like to do yeah um so i don't know there's a whole world out there but i think especially for women is um you know when i was growing up the worst thing that you could be was a slut i remember in high school the girl that slept with two or three guys was the slut yeah so they, they would 
it was almost like culture would breed them to keep doing that. Where, you know, if you call someone dumb or -hmm. stupid or ignorant long enough, that that's who they believe they are. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, you know, we all grow up with that stigma in the back of our minds. And you think, wow, well, you know, I better not tell him I'd like to, you know, also be with his friend and her <laughs> um, yeah. because for fear of judgment, I guess, basically you have to know your audience and, and you don't really let that stuff out unless you're with people you trust. Yeah. So again, back to the goals thing and, and what mm-hmm. your, was it Jack? Jack was saying was that um, are you starting to think about what your goals are with the blog or with your relationship or like, where do you want to take it? And because like I said, you're a good writer. I think this mm-hmm. could go, you know, you, you can build an online audience. You can, there's lots of things you can do. You can start advertising on your website and, you know, are you ever going to go down that road? I think, I think, yeah. Cause it's, it's so fun for me. Yeah. So I would like to continue it and, and, Using um, Instagram as a tool has been helpful for me too because I have, um, you know, I've opened it up at times on my stories and said, hey, tell me, tell me your stories. And, you know, people would submit stuff. And so I would, you know, edit their names out of everything and I would post it up. But, you know, on the stories, it only lasts there for 24 hours, you know, just as something that's kind of, but I was getting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of views on those. So I think that people want to hear other people's stories too. So maybe it just doesn't have to be about me at some point and, and we can open it up to, to other people telling their stories. Have you seen those Facebook pages that are called like Erdrick Confessionals or Calgary oh, yeah. Confessionals? Yeah. That That's sort of what it seems like. Yep. Yeah, exactly. People get to share. Most of them are like ridiculous. Like I'm so mad at this person or, oh, yeah. right? or yeah. they're calling someone out. They're calling them slutty or whore or, you know, a thief or yeah. whatever it happens to be. Um, but that might be a way for people to also, I don't know, either just get a story out there that they want to write or tell Mm -hmm. or to get out their real, their real life experiences. Oh, for sure. And I don't mind, um, like, I don't mind being the writer behind it. If you want to, you know, give me your material and I can make it into a story. That would be fun too. Do you have a background in writing? Like, did you study it in college or Uh, had you written other things (laughs) before this? Uh, I've always loved writing, but my background is actually in journalism. Okay. So I, I mean, I like the investigation piece. I like the, (laughs) the writing for sure. This Um, would be a good podcast too. You could verbally tell the stories and it might be as exciting as writing them. So here's another suggestion actually that I had, um, from someone online was, um, reading my stories they were like well read them and I was like well who am I going to get to read them because I don't necessarily want it to be my voice I think it has to be your voice <laughs> it's ridiculous when an author writes a book and has someone else read it for him for the audiobook you don't even believe the book yeah that's yeah. true <laughs> um but apparently it's a thing um so my friend Jack again it just always comes back to Jack because he's <laughs> he's such a he's an artist first of all yeah. um so when he said that he reached out and said I was an artist and I was like I'm a what <laughs> and he's like yeah you're an artist you're a writer For like sure, this yeah. is this is a thing uh anyway uh Jack said that he used to read to uh patients at the Foothills Hospital really and there was people that were like do you have any erotica <laughs> and I was like Oh damn, maybe I 
should start recording some I, of this. I, I like <laughs> suggesting everyone have a podcast. Uh, I've got a friend at work that's starting one because he's, I think his wife passed away, I want to say five or seven years ago. I only met him about a year and a half ago. But he's been dating since. Mm-hmm. Like, he raised his boys, you know, when they became, you know, teenagers, he was like, I, I can date now. And, you know, they went through their healing process. But mm-hmm. it's pretty pretty horrific dating in your late 30s and early 40s. There's a lot of broken people out there. And so yeah. he wants to do a podcast where he just talks about the dates and bring people in. Like, tell us your experience with, um, oh, what's the other dating app, the main one? Oh, Tinder. Tinder. Yeah. Like they were, he was on Tinder for a while, and he's like, that is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Maybe Tinder's profiles are easier to set up. We <laughs> should check it out. <laughs> I, you would imagine, uh, me and my wife met through a dating service. Um, it wasn't online at the time. So I, I firmly believe in them. I think it's a oh, great yeah. way. It's a numbers game, like my wife says, right? Like, I wasn't open enough to just go tap someone on the shoulder at Safeway mm-hmm. and say, hey, you're really cute. You want to go for a coffee? Um, you know, it's easier when you're at a bar and you've had a couple of drinks. You make eye contact. You can make things happen that way. But it's not necessarily the best way to meet people yeah. either. So I believe wholeheartedly in the, the online dating thing. I think it probably with the right intent, it could work well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But well, you're not going to do it? I mean, at some point, I probably will. Yeah. I think so. But you know what? I I'm not there i'm not ready for anything serious i uh my i still have a lot of healing to do (laughs) (laughs) i still have to get myself right before i can i can be right for anybody else being a healthy relationship yes yeah yeah. i was talking to a friend of mine on the podcast he uh he wrote a book so we brought him on Uh, no i don't have his book yet i think it's coming out like this week um uh but we were talking he's been in therapy for a long time he's got a degree in um not psychology uh, so not sociology, so, uh, philosophy. Okay. And uh, so he's gone through some hardships in life and some breakups and he's in therapy. And I'm like, how many people do you think need to be in therapy? He's like, everyone. Everyone. 100% of people. <laughs> yeah. And I, since then, I've been thinking about it really hard. Like I've been going through my um, work uh uh, benefits and I'm like, is this covered? Because maybe I need therapy. I don't know if I do. I feel okay. Things are working. It can never okay. hurt, in that, my opinion. That's what I'm thinking. Is that uh, and maybe we do it on the podcast that I would bring my therapist in and <laughs> and we would just do the whole thing right here on the mics. That would be ideal. To that's me. hilarious. Yeah, I grew up with uh, social workers very close to me okay. to my family. Um, so I, you know. Actually, I recall sitting at a dinner table and be like, are you saying that to me because I'm case study 101, <laughs> you know? Um, so these so, were just friends and family members? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, for sure. So I, I've i always been around, you know, that kind of atmosphere. So yeah. therapy for me is, yeah, just a given. I think it's really important. Wow. Yeah. Maybe it should just be part of like you go yearly or bi-yearly to get a physical <coughs> that you just, you have to see a therapist twice a year at least to, to oh, make for sure. sure. Right? And it, it's, it's so funny how our decisions are, are tied to, you know, what I'm going to say something totally cliche, but everybody has their wounds, yeah. you know, and, and, one thing that I've learned is that we'll we'll keep making the same mistakes unknowingly. We'll but we'll make the same decisions that lead us to the same situations yeah. that we were wounded by at some other point in life until we figure out how to get it right. Yeah, 
And uh, I'm a firm believer in that. So heal the wounds so you can move on and quit getting yourself in that same scenario. A hundred percent. So I did uh, um, a book study. uh, It was by John Eldridge. It's called Wild at Heart. And it was about repairing your relationship with your father because every father hurts their children through being angry, yelling, Mm -hmm. ignorant, ignoring them. Like there's all these things that people as a whole do, but a father's relationship affects differently than a mother's. Anyway, I don't want to get deep into it, but it was powerful for me. I'm like, I'm making this decision because my dad did or my dad said, and I did it with 50 other guys in a room. And like at one point they ask you to stand up and tell the most hurtful thing that your dad did. And like guys are standing up talking about and guys aren't good at this in the Mm -hmm. first place and so then you have to do it in front of 50 people um and we're all bawling our eyes out it was ridiculous it's powerful stuff and we all hold on to those wounds and 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 we make decisions in our own life based on the walls that we kind of build around that hurt yeah um so yeah absolutely and you know, it's funny you mentioned that because my parents, like my dad had an affair on my mom and, uh, I didn't know that until I, uh, until I was a teenager. Like that was shielded from me when I was really young. They stayed together anyway? They did not stay together. Um, they divorced because of it. And I thought, what a piece of crap. I would never do that. (laughs) I would never do that. So that is another one of the things that, you know, that I had to to balance out when I was making this decision. And I thought, oh my gosh, how did I get to this point? Yeah. Yeah. I, I had this exact discussion with a friend today where um, we have a group over every Sunday, but we were talking about the things that make us most angry. Like if our kids do something, we get very angry at them for it. It's probably because we see the worst part of ourselves mm-hmm. in them. Yeah. That that's the stuff that gets us the angriest. And we've never dealt with that hurt, that pain, that bad decision, whatever it is, we've never dealt with it. Yes. Yeah. So this is one of the things that I was thinking about that, not obviously, that I thought obviously this all came from some kind of hurt Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, as a dad, I I take everything blame first on myself, right? Mm If, if my, and he hasn't done this, but if my son was to steal, I'd be like, okay, what did I do? Or what is my part in this problem that we're having as a family? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I assumed that there was something like that in your past as well, that there had to be some kind of hurt. And honestly, I blame dads right off the bat. And, but <laughs> or men, period. Men, men as yes. a whole, yeah. yeah. Um, we had Serena Love, an artist on here a little while ago, and I'm like, men are awful people. Like yeah. the thoughts are good. Like I think I'm an okay guy. I, I hold back the demons. I don't do the bad stuff. I, For the most part, I, I keep my life together very, very mm-hmm. well. But I still know the bad thoughts that I have. And even my pastor today was talking. He goes, I get angry in parking parking lots and think about running people over. (laughs) Well, if you do, that's okay for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sort of. Yeah. Like we, 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 we have these thoughts as men that Mm -hmm. were, um, you know, uh, I don't know. They're just evil thoughts. Like, beating the daylights or somebody or hitting with a bat or Mm -hmm. like we just have these evil thoughts. I don't know where they come from, why we have them, but most part general population can control them probably out of fear of going to jail, (laughs) (laughs) right? You can't talk everybody to come to the gym with you and spar with you. So you just don't end up doing it. So was there something like that in your life other than your dad having an affair? Yeah, I think for me it was, uh, it was, uh, my relationship with my mom was also very strained. My mom picked men over me. So after she split up with 
with uh, my dad. She was married another two times, which is also another path that I didn't want to go down myself. Um, but so I watched her, um, and I watched her, uh, choose men over me. So that there was that being second place thing. Yeah. So I had this crazy idea that I needed to be somebody I wasn't necessarily, um, somebody, I guess I wasn't being my authentic self with people in relationships at times because, I thought they would leave. They wouldn't like me the way I was. Um, so, you know, I saw, I guess I had people come and go from my life. And um, so I had to adjust my behavior accordingly, if that makes sense. Um, so when I became second place in my marriage, I was like, oh boy, here it is, right? <laughs> it right. was that familiar place. Yep. Um now, did I choose my partner unknowingly because I knew, <laughs> right? Yeah. I knew I would be second place in that situation. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but definitely that's where I ended up. That's so crazy, right? Because we, we think we're making our own decisions. Mm-hmm. And I think very rarely are we as human beings making our own decisions. It's everything around us is playing a part in it, mm-hmm. right? Every relationship we've had, every time you stubbed your toe or watched a movie or heard a song... Everything is playing a role in the decision that you're making. Yeah, I believe that too. Yeah. I um, I don't know who has said it lately. Like, you have to think about the diet that your mind's getting. You have to think about the diet that your spirit is getting, that your emotion is getting, and, and evaluate those. Like, we talk about, my wife's a holistic nutritionist, so we talk about food a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not the only nutrients that I'm getting, right? I, whatever I watch on TV or hear on the radio. Yeah, or the whoever, books you're reading. and The books you're reading, who mm-hmm. you're talking to, all affect your decisions and there's no way that it can't i agree with that 100 percent. so in therapy do you guys talk about that is it just about the hurts or are they talking about like what are you doing going forward to not let this happen again mm-hmm. yeah so um i am so i do solo therapy and uh therapy with my ex-husband and uh in my solo work i'm working on a lot of uh my my childhood wounds um so I've had like over this past summer I had some really difficult conversations with family members um setting boundaries um being honest about the way I felt Mm -hmm. at times um in in the past um letting go of guilt um that's a go-to emotion for me yeah um so that's the kind of stuff we're working on at this moment um, so, and, and then in my, uh, group sessions we're we're focusing more on, um, communication, um, our household, um, how to, you know, uh, you know, what to do with the kids. We're getting lots of advice on, uh, how to talk to the kids about our situation and, um, how to be the best parents we can be in this situation. Um, so it's more focused on moving forward in the group. Um, and then for, for my solo work, we're definitely going backwards to try to find the, yeah the root. There's so many good programs out there that does this at our church. We, we call it, um, freedom sessions and, and I haven't done it yet, mostly because I'm scared <laughs> <laughs> to dig into your past and all the mm-hmm. things that you've done and try to correct those or, or at least. I don't know, make peace with it as, yeah. as best as you can. Um, it's scary. It's scary to think about doing that stuff. That 
So is that harder now, you being in therapy, than even being in the marriage? Yeah, I'm digging up a lot of really old wounds and figuring out why, you know, some things, if you and I were sitting here talking, you say, well, why did you make that decision? Yeah. And I might not have a concrete answer for you, um, but some, you know, uh, the digging we're doing at therapy is really giving me a little bit of that why. Well, here's why you did that and maybe why you chose to do this because, you know, your past would have led you to a certain decision. And it's starting to at least connect some of the dots so I don't feel like, you know, I'm way out in left field somewhere, which is nice and it's reassuring. But at the same time, it's like, why didn't I do this so long ago? (laughs) You know, like, why did I waste so many years you know, feeling a certain way when I, when I didn't have to. I think having good communication skills. So I imagine you and your husband in therapy together, that's probably 90% of what you work on is, mm-hmm. is good communication. Yeah. I recently, um, I say reading, I'm listening to a book called uh, Crucial, Co- Crucial Conversations. Mm-hmm. It's an insanely good book to have difficult conversations, which as we get older, I think they're, they're more and more crucial to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. When you're young, it's, I don't know, I shouldn't say that. It, it, it's true to have those crucial conversations all the time. But one of the things that it talks about is having a goal in in a conversation. This was my struggle with you today. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what is my goal of this podcast? How am I going to get it out there? What kind of questions am I ask? How open are you going to be to going deep and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think through this book and like, what am I doing or what am I trying to achieve? So is that what you guys are doing in therapy? Is like, are you setting a goal for how you communicate? Yeah, exactly. And and we're giving things timelines to a degree. It's not like, well, we want to, you know, be at this point at this date. No, but we're saying, okay, you know, first of all, we're on completely different stages of our split up because I had that um, kind of mental checkout that I mentioned earlier. Um, That happened for me years ago. Yeah. So there was no crying for me when the actual split up happened. Okay. There was sadness. Absolutely. But for him, it was, that was the wall. Like he you know, he, he admits now in therapy that it what he wasn't blindsided by it for sure. He was well aware that there were issues, but there was a lot, there was a long period of him crying and, and being at that stage of grief, if that makes sense. Um, so we're in two very different stages of our split up right now where, you know, we're living apart and, um, you know, he's, has significantly less responsibility at this current juncture of the kids most of the time. And, um, you know, but there's gotta be some loneliness in that. Yes. So, so that's what I'm struggling, I guess, to understand. And, and part of me is a little jealous of that too. I'm like, well, wouldn't I like to be, you know, going to <laughs> we yoga? All, and... We all say that, but when they're not <laughs> here, like when my wife and kids go away and I'm like, oh, this, it's good for about six or seven hours. Yeah. And yeah. then I'm all done with that. Yeah. So he's definitely in the phase where he's all done with that. Yeah. And he, you know he's, he's definitely lonely and, and I'm overwhelmed. I'm now I'm managing a household and I'm like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> finances and yeah, goal finances setting, and, and 
uh, I had a sewer backup and I'm like, uh, dang, like, what do I do with this? I, it, you know, yeah. would have been something Every, he would have dealt with before. Everyone has jobs <laughs> and, in relationships. Yeah, for sure. And, and so, uh, you know, I'm very, I have, I feel like I have less time to work on things yeah. and he has all the time in the world <laughs> right now to work on things. Yeah, so, that makes sense. yeah. So when we get together in therapy, it's interesting to see where we're at because I'm also, I'm like often quite flustered and like, well, I haven't really had a chance to, you know, dwell on this or think about that. And he's like, oh, I've had a lot of time to think. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) I shouldn't be laughing, but there was almost a bit of evilness in your voice when (laughs) like you just see that he is, he's, that's all he's got his time right now, right? He gets done work and then he spends, you know, five, six hours all by himself dwelling on it. For sure. Um, Do you think that having the, your um, affair partner, was he helpful in the breakup like was it part or or the opposite Mm, the opposite here's the thing is that part of me part of me wanted to be with the affair partner yeah silly um (laughs) really well because your guys's agreement was that it was going to be an affair like there there was nothing else to it so now all of a sudden the girl is free and the guy's like uh that's not what i signed up for yeah yeah and he was clear he you know he I knew that that's not what he signed up for. Um, but I, you know, there was a, there was a part of me that was always hoping that he would choose me and then look where I was again, yeah. second place. Well, and it's, it's, you went through two breakups, not one. Oh yeah. Two. Yeah. Absolutely. And one is secret. Yeah. And cause <laughs> he's still married, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and his wife has no idea. Nope. Wow. Mm-hmm. I don't know where people find the time. That's been actually quite a relief, I have to admit. Yeah. Is that um, the sneaking, you know? I am so happy to be done with that. Yeah. It was like time consuming and stressful. Yeah. Um, and I'm so happy to be done with that. I, um, I'm trying to remember the sermon exactly, but it was talking about sin and how sin you know it's wrong. Like, mm-hmm. so the things that we do, uh, like the sneaking, that mm-hmm. was the wrong part for you. You didn't like having, you're okay with the act mm-hmm. and that uh, you you actually want that to be part of your relationship, but you don't want anything sneaky. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be deceptive. You don't want to nope. be a liar. Yeah. And that that's where the majority of the stress comes in. Whatever you determined to be the, the sin the as sin. it were. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I think it does. Mm. It was like a, a huge weight was lifted when I... You know, obviously it was, it was really, uh, it was really difficult for it to be over, but it had to be. And, you know, after, because, um, my timeline is the, you know, my husband and I, uh, stopped living together in August and I still was seeing the affair partner into September Yeah, and it became increasingly clear that it couldn't continue. No, it wasn't going to work there, you know. He was jealous. Uh, you know, if I wasn't available, he would be like, What? Like, what? Why do you, why are you not available really? to me? You know, you should be free now to yeah. do, do you have a date? So it was like, he didn't want me. Yeah. But he didn't want anybody else to have me either. Um, so it came to a head. And basically, one of the things that I said was, I'm never going to be able to move on if you're in my life. Yeah. And, um, and I, I, I agree with that. I would always want him to choose me. Yeah. 
And even though I know that that wasn't the right. Yeah. But those were my wounds. My wounds were, were wanting me to love him because he wouldn't choose me first because that's what love is to me. Yeah. That's crazy. (laughs) Human beings are crazy. And I'm not trying, I'm not being judgmental at all. Cause I know I, cause I said it to my wife one time, we were in an argument and I'm like, you know, you're crazy. And she goes, you know, you're crazy too. Mm -hmm. I went, Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, we're all nuts. There's no perfect way to do anything. Right. We're just yep. trying to figure out how to get through life and how to make it work and our desires and our passions. How do we make that like what are you willing to give up to have this type of relationship or what are you willing you know that that's the challenge that we're always having. Yeah. And what's the right system? Yeah. I mean, so with my affair partner, we why I felt so connected to him was that we were able to, we found other partners to be with us together Mm -hmm. and we went through some that were good and some that were bad. And we had to have those difficult conversations and say, you know, here's my limits or I, it is not okay with me if you do A, B or C and vice versa and have those like, and that's what I want in a, in a partner moving forward, I want to be able to say, okay, like, so we're a bit more open and experimental than some. Okay. But communication is the key to making it work because, and I think that's probably why polyamory is, is, has a low success rate is that, you know, human beings as a whole don't communicate well. Yeah. And, and so part of the reason why I felt like such a connection to this affair partner was that it was, I always felt at the end of the day, it was about him and I. Right. And there was that connection there. And anybody else was just like gravy, if that makes sense. Yeah. And um, so we, there was a few like very difficult situations that we encountered together yeah. that I, I thought brought us even closer um, and so maybe I romanticized the idea of, yeah. of, of him being my partner because then it would be easy. And, and how do you find a partner on Tinder and, and then say, oh, by the way, here's everything I'm into. At least the people that reach out to me on Instagram, like, you know what you're getting into they, here. They know what you're exactly. <laughs> yeah. But also they have uh, many of the people who, who reach out have the wrong idea. Yeah. That's for I darn sure. Yeah. So here's a question for you. If okay. you met the person in a, um, the, the relationship that you want, someone mm-hmm. that, you know, you guys can have multiple partners together apart. Um, you can be open to communication well, but he goes, I don't want you to tell anybody about it. No more writing. Hmm. Um, I feel like that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you would give up about the writing, the whatever it's going to bring for the relationship. I would give up the writing about that. Yeah. But can I still? Here's I'm all about compromise. <laughs> <laughs> so can I write about something else? Can I? The thing is, is that I would love to stop writing about the affair partner. I know my last. So I stopped writing about it, and then you know I started writing about you know, going on this date and whatever. Um, and then I freaked out about writing about what I'm doing now because I don't think it's anyone's business till I figure it out. I need to figure out my own self right now. Yeah. Um, so, but then I flash back. So my last post and, and the one coming out tomorrow will, it, is a f- continuation. Um, so it, it's about the affair partner. And at some point I need to move forward from yeah. that. So I definitely know that there's got to be a shift. Um, Does he know you were writing about it? 
No. Nobody knows, <laughs> right? If this is why the secret, or yeah. why why there's nothing happening, or why this is so secret. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, at the end of the day, I'm doing this for my own healing, but I don't want to hurt anybody else right. as an outcome. Is there the chance that that might happen? Yes, yeah. absolutely. You, Yeah, I imagine, again, you look like a very nice mom. You look like a very good person. Talking to you, I can just feel like you're a good person. Mm-hmm. So you'd never want your kids to learn about this. You no. definitely don't want your husband or your no. ex-husband to learn about mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, that's so you're back to that same problem, though. Like mm-hmm. you were having an affair and you were being deceptive, and that's the thing you hated the most. Yeah. So it needs to just... Eventually, it seems like you're going to tell everybody who you are and what you're writing. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe that'll be part of my healing. Here I am. Judge me. Do you want to take me out into the courtyard and throw tomatoes at me or whatever? Stone you? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I I love the... Maybe I should have been a psychologist or um, psychiatrist. I don't know. I, I love the human brain. I love hearing stories and and why people do things and and i try very hard not to be judgmental because i'm obviously not a perfect person by any means so i love that you're sharing this in the way that you're sharing this and i hope you would come back again and we could we could do this again and share i want to honor your time because i said we'd be about an hour hour in yeah. bed and we're just over an hour Perfect. in now um because i know you got to go pick up your kids i do i got a mom, <laughs> you got a mom. <laughs> i got a life and i know how hard it is to do parenting stuff and all <laughs> the extracurricular activities that i mm-hmm. like to do so um again i really really appreciate you coming on here of course. um if it was way less weird than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> good. <laughs> and way easier. You're a very easy person to talk to. Oh, and I'm good. glad you're as open as you are. So hopefully in a few months, come back on, tell us some new stuff that's going on, talk about your writing some more. Perfect. And uh, yeah, I got to figure out how to go to outro because I normally have a monkey to do this. So everyone, thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for coming on. Go check out uh, Sex in the YYC. Um, super well-written blog. If you're into erotica or anything like that, you will love this um, this writing. And um, without, I, I, I usually say their names and thank you, and <laughs> so I'm not going to do that. I am just going to go to outro. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. This podcast is over.